13 minutes it is after 8 p.m. It's our SME exchange here on Metro FM Talk. And uh, this evening, uh, we shine a spotlight on uh, the chemicals sector and uh, have a conversation with the Chemical Industries Education and Training Authority and uh, one of our seaters there operating in the uh, chemicals industry. And uh, the SEO, Yoshin Pillay, is my guest. And uh, we're going to be talking about... Uh, the uh, potential boost for uh, SMEs in the chemicals ecosystem in the province of Gauteng, uh, who are said to receive a boost here on the back of a partnership between uh, the CETA and the University of Johannesburg. And uh, Yershin joins me now on the line. Yershin, good evening to you and welcome. Good evening to you, Ayabong, and it's a privilege to be on the show. Yeah, thank you very much. Yoshin, just before we get into, I guess, what you guys do as the uh, Chemical Industries Education and Training Authority, I mean, I was was saying earlier on to the listeners uh, that, uh, you know, when I think of uh, chemicals, uh, the first things that come to mind, uh, you know, uh, are maybe cleaning products. And uh, I guess I know the industry is much, much wider than that. But um, just on cleaning products alone, I mean, I would think how much of those you would use in an abattoir, in a hospital, in a prison, uh, in many of the places where our government procures. So uh, I guess as we have this conversation, I'm quite interested in how we strike up those linkages. But from your end, um, what are some of the activities that would be covered by the work of your sector education and training authority? Um, and uh, just maybe give us some examples uh, for the benefit of our listeners. Well, the, the chemical sector education and training authority, uh, which often referred to as CHIETA, uh, we play a role in terms of facilitating skills development in this chemical, in the chemical sector. Mm. And, um, we, we do so in terms of focusing on, for example, uh, artisan development. Uh, it, we also provide bursaries in, uh, you know, chemical related fields, internships, learnerships. Uh, work-based integrated learning programs which uh, offer experience for uh, those who are uh, about to to complete their qualifications. Uh, We also look at targeted skills development programs and entrepreneurial skills development Mm. uh, programs. And this also includes support for small and medium enterprises as well as startups in the chemical sector. And you're quite correct. uh, You know, it ranges from uh, not only the manufacturing of, for example, chemical detergents, which we all use in our households, but it also includes your your larger petrochemical sector, Mm. for example, including oil and gas. And it also includes, uh, you know, pharmacy-related occupations. Uh, It also includes uh, other types of um, sectors, uh, such as, you know, fertilizers, uh, explosives, etc., all which fall within our ambit mm. as the chemical sector. Yeah, I mean, one would think that you know this is the kind of industry you know uh, where even your active ingredients or your inputs, um, you know, are in some cases I guess uh, tough to procure, certainly for for the smaller guys, but also because it's a game of scale uh, that uh, it, it tends to be dominated um, in its ecosystem by some of the larger players. Uh, and I guess this is what you're trying to confront here in your partnership with the University of Johannesburg. No, absolutely. Uh, I mean, just to give an indication of the numbers, uh, you know, uh, most of the uh, grants, in, in fact, our larger corporations in the chemical sector uh, make up uh, almost about 40% and they contribute mm. almost 20% of the uh, skills development levies that are paid towards the chemical sector. Mm. So the sector is largely dominated by large corporations. Mm. 
And part of what we are trying to do is, is to support your small, medium and micro enterprises, uh, which, by the way, are contributing far greater to overall GDP in our economy. We've seen from the data from StatsSA that since 2013, your SMEs, have, uh, the rate of their contribution to the formal sector has increased from uh, almost 17% to 22%, mm-hmm. while in that same period, your larger corporations' uh, overall contribution to the formal sector has declined uh, from approximately 75 to 68%. So with that increasing contribution to formal sector growth, it only makes sense, therefore, to support your small, medium and micro enterprises. Mm, mm. Yoshan, I want us to uh, uh, pause here for a second and take a quick spot break. Uh, when we come back, I want us to get into you know, the nuts and bolts of your relationship here with the Center of Entrepreneurship at UJ. Um, And I guess uh, what uh, you're hoping to do with some uh, small and medium-sized enterprises uh, that are in this particular value chain in the province of Gauteng, and uh, we'll come back uh, to that uh, on the other side of this brief break. 20 minutes it is after 8 p.m. It's our SMME exchange here on Metro FM Talk, and I'm in conversation with uh, the CEO of uh, Chieta, which is the uh, Chemical Industries Education and Training Authority, and uh, that is Yoshin Pillay. And uh, Yoshin, before we went to the break, uh, you were talking, I guess, uh, talking us through the numbers and uh, some of the uh, sub-sectors of the chemical sector, and of course also, uh, I guess, uh, you know, uh, the role of Chieta in the uh, you know, a skills and training framework for the sector. Now, uh, you've partnered, uh, I guess, as, as would often be expected in, uh, in your role as an education and training authority, uh, with the School of Entrepreneurship at uh, the University of uh, Johannesburg, or the Center of Entrepreneurship, I should say. Um, and this partnership is about incubating uh, SMMEs in the chemicals uh, value chain, in particular many of those, I guess, uh, involved in light-scale manufacturing uh, and, uh, you know, some of the other elements uh, where one would find small and medium-sized enterprises. How is this going to work for the purpose of uh, many an entrepreneur who might be listening into the show? Well, the, the, the partnership uh, that we have with the University of Johannesburg was uh, initiated last year with the um, School of uh, Business, and uh, it in- included about 50 entrepreneurs um, who were selected to be part of a 2.5 million rand program. Okay. The, the objective was to really instill, instill a culture of design thinking, mm. problem solving, and, and entrepreneurship amongst the youth in the chemical uh, industry, and to encourage them towards launching innovative solutions that solve, for example, the pollution and waste challenges that we have, but it also included, you know, manufacturing of uh, chemical detergents, health products, etc., over a particular period of time. The program itself uh, is an 18-month virtual incubator program, and it encompasses five elements. The first being incubator and infrastructure support, the second being business training uh, in the form of a short course program uh, at NQF level five, and that included bi-weekly training for coaching, etc., mentorship support from master's students at UJ. And uh, the third element included technical skills training, uh, which in- involved, uh, you know, d- detergents manufacturing training, cosmetics manufacturing training, for example, and mm. further industry support. And the fourth element was market linkages, which, which you alluded to, where, you know, we offered support for getting products to market, often a major challenge for SMEs. And then the final element included advisory, coaching, and mentorship support services. Now, this 18-month program, although it was, it's coming to an end uh, in this financial year, it, because it has been a resounding success with 64% of the participants reporting a 25% increase in their top-line revenues, 
Uh, we have then embarked on a process to scale uh, this type of program so that we reach more than the 50 entrepreneurs uh, mm-hmm. that were initially on the program and that we reach out to more than just those who are in the greater Gauteng area. That included Greater Johannesburg, yeah. Modern Fontaine, Orange Farm. And so our efforts really is to, to look at scaling a, a model that has proved a great success sure. for supporting SMEs in particular. Yeah. What kind of support have you received, um, I guess, on when it comes to the market itself? Because, you know, I guess your core role would be around the mentorship, the advisory and the incubation uh, and uh, some of the training related or even R&D related elements of that. Uh, but often, I guess, the, the major challenge is around commercialization and being able to access markets. I mean, if we were to take just the cosmetics production side of things, um, you know, many a cosmetics producer in South Africa has all often spoken about, you know, how difficult it is to get into the supply chains and the distribution networks of some of the major uh, chain stores who uh, would be, I guess, the frontline retailers that sell cosmetics to you and me. No, and indeed, I think one of the great successes of this program is the extent to which a group of SMEs were able to cooperate with each other using, you know, tools of technology such as WhatsApp, etc., and be able to share market-related opportunities, pool their resources together, and access some of these opportunities uh, mm. that, you've, that you've quite correctly mentioned. But it also included um, us, uh, you know, looking at other partners uh, within the space and, and through uh, the guidance of uh, the, of the UJ's uh, business school. There was a partnership, for example, with uh, Digify Africa for e-commerce training. Uh, it also included a partnership with Faskin Legal for pro bono legal support. And then, you know, we, also, we, we often only look at the local market, but there was also a partnership with uh, a, a programmer uh, managers, PUM, for access to international markets and international business coaching on a pro bono level. So suddenly we've looked at the, the value chain both locally and globally, and uh, it, is, it has been a success both locally and internationally in terms of growing opportunities for these SMEs. Mm, mm. And, and I guess the, the other dynamic, of course, is, is then interface with um, you know, other mechanisms within the state. I mean, uh, we're talking about manufacturing here, and one would be the Industrial Policy Action Plan um, and uh, the potential access to incentives even preferential procurement opportunities in the public service. Um, are, are you, I guess, front-loading that into uh, how you are designing the program uh, so that, you know, uh, you're able, I guess, to deal with questions of alignment and coordination uh, with other areas so that by the time, I guess, the participants leave the program, they're also quite fully aware of some of the opportunities uh, both within the public sector and outside of it? No, absolutely. I mean, you know, we we, we can also make reference to the economic uh, restructuring and recovery plan that yes. uh, government approved in October by the president uh, in particular. And part of the three phases of that plan uh, speak a lot about supporting SMME development. And it does relate to preferential procurement, for example, the targets that are currently being set. Uh, by some of our, you know, state-owned entities, mm. government departments as well, but also our private sector bodies to say, you know, certainly this is a time for us to support the growth of small, medium and micro enterprises. And that means uh, procuring more from, uh, you know, these uh, enterprises that we are supporting uh, and, 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 and reaching higher targets uh, for, for that SMME support. So, uh, it, it, there is an opportunity for us, I think, to further engage with uh, not only government departments, SOEs, but also private sector entities to say, uh, you know, you do have a responsibility to play and SMME support is one way in which you can uh, support uh, the further growth of the economy. Mm. 
There's also another dimension here, Yershin, uh, and I guess it's it's related to your role and not not unique to yourselves as Chieta, but I guess you know for for um, it's some of the issues you have to think about as as seaters, and no doubt you'd be familiar with this. This idea of recognition of prior learning. I mean, there would be people who. Uh, have worked in the sector either as workers, um, you know, for for other people have, you know, done some uh, micro manufacturing themselves um, at a very elementary level, uh, who would be wanting to transition and scale their operations, um, you know, to a higher scale, but also to be able to get more higher value clients. Um, is there a framework in place, I guess, in, within this partnership that you have with UJ, for some certification signaling of expertise and capability um, outside, I guess, of getting somebody to sit for a BSc for three years, maybe? No, absolutely. I mean, uh, recognition of prior learning is uh, one of our focus areas, in fact, as uh, the chemicals uh, CETA. And, and, you know, in particular, we're looking at your artisan qualifications. I mean, we know that, uh, for example, we have, we've got a shortage of uh, coded welders, mm. uh, in particular in the sector. Many companies are contracting out uh, coded welding, but uh, the, the demand, for example, and I'm just using it as an example, is quite significant. Uh, more than uh, 2,800 are currently required in terms of our top 10 occupations from the studies that we've conducted as the chemical CETA. Uh, and that you know, goes into other sectors such as the glass manufacturing sector, for example, where we have uh, in the glass malting and glass formation for example, uh, certainly a need of for, for subject matter experts, uh, yeah, and we're looking mm-hmm. at partnerships, you know, with your larger corporations to uh, increase the development of uh, of these trades and occupations where there's a shortage through an increased focus on recognition of prior learning, mm-hmm. uh, and I think through a targeted uh, approach that we are using, uh, we should be able to make a difference uh, in the space of uh, recognition of prior yeah. learning. Yeah. Now we know this program is in Gauteng and uh, one of our listeners on Twitter Kumkani Kalata uh, asking uh, I guess uh, whether or not as um, as uh, a CETA you have any other programs uh, in some of the other provinces saying what can you do if you're interested in this particular uh, business but uh, you're staying in another province like the Eastern Cape. So I think, you know, for us, it was really to identify a, a model that uh, we could uh, claim to be a success and mm-hmm. then using that model to then scale it across different regions and, and different provinces. And based on the success of this model, uh, you know, one of our partners being Kemen, which has been a great uh, success in, in terms of this partnership that we have, uh, for example, uh, you know, we, we are looking at uh, where we have partnerships with uh, companies in, for example, in the Eastern Cape to offer these opportunities. We have regional offices, for example, uh, in PE. Mm-hmm. We also have a regional office uh, in, um, in in Etiquini and also in the city of Cape Town. And the reason we have them in those is because most of your chemical uh, companies are located in these regions. And so when you talk about, you know, workplace integrated learning programs, it's easier to transition into these workplaces because this is where your the higher density of companies are located. Mm. And that was primarily the, the, the reason for us locating ourselves within these regions. So the attempt is really to collaborate. Uh, I think the key is collaboration, greater collaboration uh, in a resource-scarce environment. And as we collaborate with other CETAs as well, which we're hoping to do, to not just reach 50 SMEs, but reach uh, 350 or 500 Mm. SMEs through greater collaboration in other uh, regions, in other provinces. 
and also to a specific target for youth uh, where we think we need to focus on young people, uh, people with disabilities and, and also uh, your younger, young women and rural communities. Mm. So that is the next phase which sure. we are hoping to implement in uh, the next financial year. Yeah. Yoshin, where are the major players in the story? I mean, um, and, and even if we are to look inward, where, where are our state-owned entities? I mean, I'm thinking just in the uh, chemicals uh, for fertilizer space, an entity like Fosco. Uh, as you try and scale these programs, uh, are they coming to the party in any way? No, certainly. I mean, uh, another entity would be PetroSA, for example, yes, yes. as petrochemicals uh, falls within our uh, our sector. Uh, we have a number of uh, programs with a number of our state-owned entities. If I just mention uh, PetroSA, we've got uh, more than a thousand learnerships that we, we run with PetroSA in the mm. petrochemical sector, for example. So learnerships being another key aspect. I mean, we've done about 10,068 learnerships. Uh, we, we're now looking over the next uh, five years to, to increase that number to 50,000 uh, over 50,000 learnerships. So those are just, that's just another example. And you mentioned phosphorus, you mentioned others in, in the, you know, the chemical, I mean, the fertilizer uh, space. Uh, also, we could look at, uh, you know, your, your, your explosives manufacturing, for example. Mm. Uh, so there's certainly other players that um, both in the public and private sector, this example that we're speaking about today includes Shell, for example. It includes the Jobs Fund, the mm. Small Business Development mm. uh, uh, Department. Uh, within government, it includes Microsoft, uh, it includes you know Pick and Pay, and various other players across both private and public sector. Yeah, yeah, Yoshin, we're going to have to leave it there. But uh, thank you very much for uh, taking your time to uh, speak to us this evening. And uh, I guess the last question on my end: uh, for many of those who uh, are in the province of Gauteng who would like uh, to be, I guess, involved in this program or even subsequent programs uh, that arise from your partnership with the University of Johannesburg. How do they get hold of the CETA and uh, how do they get hold of the Center for Entrepreneurship? Well, for all inquiries, uh, you can contact us on info at uh, chieta.org.za and for all updates, uh, you can visit our website at uh, www.chieta.org.za or uh, you may even follow our, uh, you, you may even phone us on our toll-free line, which is available on our website as well. Uh, for the partnership with UJ, uh, we're hoping to to renew and scale that in this year, and uh, the contact details for UJ as well can be accessed sure. via our website. Okay, Yoshin, we'll have to leave it there. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Ayibong, for your time. Much appreciated. That there is uh, Yoshin Pillay. He's the CEO of uh, Chieta, the uh, chemicals CETA uh, uh, there, and uh, chemicals and. Uh, uh, in dis- what? what's what's that uh, acronym? Uh, I'll certainly have to uh, wrap my head around that, but I guess Chieta sounds a lot better. Uh, he's the CEO there, Yershan Pillay, uh, speaking to us about uh, their latest program, uh, trying to open up uh, the uh, industry for small and medium-sized enterprises. And uh, we'll uh, certainly, uh, I guess, uh, hope in the near future to speak to some of the people who have uh, benefited from that particular program as entrepreneurs. We're going to take a brief break now. When we come back, Uh, We go into what's happening in our communities. We'll uh, head out to the Northern Cape, Limpopo, and to Mpomalanga to take a look at uh, what's happening in many of our communities across the length and breadth of our country.